0: The bats relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. As always, got my dude, Sean Kerner, here, one of the top rankers in the game. And we're going to be talking all about uh, our final 2022 rankings today. And uh, who better to do it with than our old buddy, old pal, Mr. Matthew Friedman D. Director of Content at Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. What's good, Matthew? Hey, thanks for having me. Look, I mean, if there's one guy that you want on the show to talk
0: about final fantasy football rankings, it's obviously me. I mean, my (laughs) ranking accuracy when I was at action is the stuff of legend.
2: I mean, it actually was pretty good. I mean, so I don't know if that was you're trying to be self. No, no. But, I mean, no okay, okay. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I was, I was horrible. <laughs> the so the three years
0: in which I was like, oh, I'm gonna do like or try to do actual, you know, like player projections, like top down <laughs> player projections. Those three years, my rankings were absolute trash. Uh, And then every other year when it's basically just been me like shooting from the hip and I'm like, I'm not doing player projections. I'm just doing rankings. I've been top 16. Like something is clearly flawed with my projection (laughs) process to where it doesn't convert well to rankings.
2: And so I'm just like, I'm done with projections. I'm just doing rankings from now on. That's actually really like, I could talk to you about this for like an hour, but I know people want to actually hear uh, our final rankings and, and, you know, so we'll get into that. I just want to remind you guys, uh, rate and review the pod. We pick our favorite five-star review each and every week. Give you a free year of Action Pro, uh, and this week's winner is JAYMY. Twenty seventeen gigs uh, left a very very nice review. So uh, thank you Mac for that review. And you can hit up podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your free year of Action Pro. Guys, let's uh, let's let's start with running back because uh, running back is you know where the most players go early in the draft and uh, we will kind of talk about some of the guys you're higher and lower on but there are a few guys I want to get started off with right away uh, in terms of where you're ranking them the first one is Alvin Kamara he is the consensus RB12 on fantasy pros Friedman what are you doing with Kamara first he was going to get suspended now he might not so so where are you have him
0: yeah, I think he's probably not going to be suspended. I'm a little bit ahead of ADP. I have him at RB10, but like I'm not really looking to get him. Like there are other guys I would just rather have. Uh, you know, like Aaron Jones. I'd rather have him. Other other running backs in that range where I just don't end up with Kamara all that much. Not that he's like bad, but he's, you know, getting a little bit older. He's in an offense where they might not be throwing the ball to him
2: quite as much. I'm just like I'm I'm around ADP. What would a I- podcast with Friedman be without calling a 27 year old running back old?
0: <laughs> hey, he's, he's like right on the, like right where he could start declining on the, the age cliff, not oh, the yeah, age cliff, yeah. but like the, he's at the apex.
2: You're exactly right. No, 27 is the age. It's just, most people, you know, don't like, don't know, even know that. So I like it. But uh, Kurt Kerner, what do you got?
1: So Kamara is a risk or reward pick that you ultimately have to make because there is still a chance that he gets suspended later in the season, which is the worst time to get suspended. Um, Typically, if a player is going to miss, you know, the first four to six games, uh, that's the easiest time to replace his value. But, you know, if he gets suspended later in the season, he misses the fantasy playoffs. That's brutal. So as always, I do not like taking on risk early in the draft. I will not be taking Alvin Kamara ADP. Like Freeman said, I'm just more willing to take on, you know, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones. i rather have those guys who are more likely to play all 17 games than Camaro. So the first few rounds, I'm not taking on that kind of risk.
2: Yeah, for me, it just kind of comes down to what you give the odds for suspension. So uh, I've lowered them to about 25%. I still think it's a non-zero That's... chance. So um, I'm projecting him for, you know, like a one and a half extra missed games because six would be mm-hmm. the full. And so I have him RB14. So he's more in line now with ADP. I'm still below by – a couple of spots so I don't get them much either uh but I'm a little closer now than I than I was in the past so but like you said it, if you think it's zero then you know then he moves up to like my RB 10 or, or 9 so then it's you know then you then you take him if you think the risk is zero Friedman Cam Akers your boy you're I mean you I don't I don't know if I know anybody that was higher than Cam Akers <laughs> than you at one point in life yeah um yeah. now Cam Akers I mean, everything we've been hearing, it's been like a roller coaster. It's like he he gets all this usage in the playoffs and then he comes back, but he's not good. And then we're like, oh, fine. He's going to be healthy and get all this usage. But now it's like, ah, he's a co-starter. And and now he's got this mysterious injury and he's not even practicing. So uh, he's RB19 on Fantasy Pros Consensus. Where do you have him? All right. I have him as the RB22. But like, so I'm
0: close to Consensus, but i have zero cam acres. like he's what? like firmly he's firmly in that rb dead zone where it's just like frozen I'm, pond on this show how, how frozen dare you pond say
1: dead zone on this pod you should know better of all people for i
0: i was doing it just to let you guys know i'm not thrall okay i, I won't bow down but uh no okay I, I'll, I'll i'll fall in line the the frozen pond which is i think actually it's the original name i think it's the better name but you know marketing thank you marketing has uh, gone the way of RB dead zone. I'm just going to say though, for me, this is like the wide receiver power alley. And that's why I'm not getting that many running backs in this range. So mm-hmm. I could be like near ADP on a lot of running backs in this range. And that still doesn't mean I'm taking them just because I prefer wide receivers, but cam Akers specifically like, okay. I know he gets credit for coming back early or like mm-hmm. earlier than he should have, but this might sound contrarian. I don't know if he should, because he looked like a guy who came back too early Like, when he was playing, he looked like a guy who should not have been on the field because he was coming back too early from a major career-altering injury. And I think we should still assume that All of the Achilles uh, history that we have to date is still like, even if medical technology has gotten better and surgery techniques have changed, it is still a very traumatic injury for a guy to recover from. And so even with Akers, if he got the full workload, I still don't think he would be back to his pre-injury self. I think he would be closer to the guy we saw in the playoffs last year. And he's dealing with another injury on top of that. And Raybon, as you said, he's like the co-starter now with uh daryl henderson like i want no cam Akers.
2: yeah and i mean maybe sean McVay got spooked too because he certainly didn't hesitate to use him uh in the you know in the playoffs and now he's all of a sudden he's changed his tune uh kerner where do you have cam Akers this year yeah
1: so i think rb19 is a little high um he, he obviously runs the risk of being in sort of a 50 50 timeshare with daryl henderson but to be honest most of the running backs in this range <laughs> have some sort of rb by committee concerns uh hence the frozen pond tier um but yeah like freeman said you know he's he's coming back from an achilles injury last season so will he be 100% this year probably not like that is a career altering injury and he's already dealing with a mysterious injury it's undisclosed what it is exactly but he could be very limited week 1 Um, So he's down to RB 24 for me. Uh, The reason I still kind of like Akers is I do think he has, um, you know, double digit touchdown upside in this offense. Uh, He should be the goal line back. So, you know, he won't need that many carries to have value in this offense. But either way, um, I I rather just wait at the position. This is when I'm targeting uh, my wide receiver two or even wide receiver three anyway. So um, I'm passing on Cam Akers at RB 19.
2: Yeah, you guys said it well. This is a great spot to just get that wide receiver value. I have him RB twenty four as well, though. Mm. All right, let's go to J.K. Dobbins. Another kind of similar situation, but uh, he's RB twenty six at Fantasy Pros and Freeman. I mean, Dobbins kind of it just surprised me how high people were on him throughout the off season. Like I never really saw his ADP dip super low, you know. And he's still really not, you know, as far as we know, not doing much. So. Uh, where do you have Dobbins entering a year? I have him at RB21, but I don't Whoa. like it. I, I'll just Whoa. say like, I,
0: I don't, well, part of it is, is like- This is why. There are, there are so many bad running backs, like in, <laughs> in this range that it's like, like, do I want to put Clyde Edwards a layer above J.K. Dobbins? Like, do I want
2: Josh Jacobs above? Like, there's yes, so many yes, guys. No, yes, yes it, Josh not, Jacobs. The yes, answer is no. Yes. Oh, my goodness. No. You talk about, like, he's on a Raiders offense that he can score like 15 touchdowns this year. But I mean, it, he could, but he won't. Ah, uh, all right. All right. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I don't mean, mean to cut you off. So, I, so Make J. your case.
0: J.K. <laughs> Dobbins, like, the ACL injury, which he suffered before the season started last year is not as nearly as catastrophic like we have seen guys come back and Mm -hmm. with the the full year that he's had to recover the fact that Gus Edwards isn't going to be out there taking touches immediately like Mike Davis is there but I don't think he's going to get the share of touches that we would have seen otherwise go to Gus Edwards I think it's going to be a pretty good offense that leans very heavily on the run based on the offseason moves that they've made so like I'm like, I'm higher than consensus on JK Dobbins. I'm not rushing out to get him because I'm still targeting wide receivers in this range, but like, I'm okay with him relative to where he is in the market.
1: Yeah, so he's my RB 31 right now. I would draft guys like Damian Pierce ahead of him. Uh, because Dobbins is gonna enter the season, you know, with less than a hundred percent workload. Um, I'm I'm afraid we're gonna see way too much Mike Davis in the first uh few games. So get ready for that. But this is an unfortunate time for Dobbins not to be a hundred percent because Gus Edwards is gonna miss the yeah. first handful of games. So, you know, it seems like they're both gonna kind of be healthier at the same time, which limits Dobbins' upside. But I think Dobbins does have touch on upside, like he he is gonna be the goal line back in this offense. So he has some value there, but RB 26 is still a bit rich for me. It It's kind of like Saquon Barkley last year where he's entering the season less than a hundred percent. So I rather just take guys that are fully healthy in this range who cannot produce them um, either way. So uh, Dobbins is all the way down to 31 for me, just based on the reports that he's not ready to go.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I actually have an RB 36 and oh geez. it's, it, but I mean, it's, it's not really, I mean, there's not that much separating RB 31. And right. Right. But there is a lot separating obviously RB 21. 36. However um, yeah from the reports I'm reading it's still not completely out of the question that he doesn't like miss games early in the year like he might not be ready for week one and you know they Mike Davis they're talking about they might release him and bring him back you know as the vested veteran but like I wouldn't you know like just because he came off the the pup or whatever like he that doesn't mean he's ready he really hasn't done much so mm-hmm. I don't I just don't know like you said, Sean, how much he can do early in the year. And that, and that's and that's even if he plays in all the games. So it's just a, it's a situation I want to avoid, especially because he's not like a major uh, pass catcher either. So um, I just see a lot of downside still at, at 28. I'd rather just get a guy who's healthy because they're all kind of dark throws, to, in, in, yeah. in my opinion, in that range. Antonio Gibson, unfortunate, obviously, situation with uh, Brian Robinson Jr., who we obviously wish all the best, uh, was – uh, wounded by a couple gunshots and an attempted carjacking. I mean, I guess this really comes down to how much time do you expect Robinson to miss? Because I mean, I, that that's really the question, right, Freeman? Because that's that kind of shapes how you're going to rank uh, Gibson. Yeah, I mean, entering the season,
0: uh, I was or like draft season, I was already primed to be pretty high on Robinson, and you know, I think we saw that bear out in the preseason and how they used him. Like there was a chance entering the season that he was actually going to be the starter, mm-hmm. and I was I was ranking him that way. Uh, and now, like after this, it's like you know we know so little in general. Like you know Twitter doctors and then people who read what the Twitter doctors say. Like we know so so little in general about like normal injuries and then like going into the realm of like gunshot wounds like we just have no idea about how to evaluate this like I started going down the rabbit hole of researching like okay like how many games did Plaxico Burris miss and then I'm just like you know what I I don't care like even if I find information on other players who have suffered gunshot wounds I just have no idea so like I'm just thinking maybe he misses four games uh but you know I've I've moved him down the rankings but he's still someone I want on my team because I think he has a lot of upside
2: uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, and then, so, so where do you have Gibson though? Is my, my question. He's okay, RB so, 27 at, at a fantasy pros consensus, right? No, he's RB 32 yeah. actually.
0: Yeah. So I have Gibson at RB 34. Uh, I had him lower and bumped him up a little bit because, you know, now with Robinson out, uh, presumably out, uh, we're going to see Gibson have more of a, a workhorse role, you know, as the, the lead back early grinder. But, uh, I'm not like, I'm not wanting any exposure to Gibson.
2: Turner.
1: Yeah, so I moved Gibson up uh, right around, like, RB20 because, I mean, the most important thing for Brian Robinson is is to get healthy. Uh, I I don't know when or if he'll return to action this season. But, yeah, like, he could miss the entire season. He could miss, you know, around four games. Who knows? Uh, But either way, Antonio Gibson, like, he is more than capable of being a workhorse back. And the reason is value is plummeting because it sounded like Brian Robinson was going to be announced the starter like as soon as yesterday, unfortunately. So, you know, that that's the reason why I had Gibson so low to begin with. So I have Gibson right around the RB22 range with, you know, Cam Akers, guys like that. But he is fully capable of handling a full workload. Obviously, J.D. McKissick's going you know, to limit his receiving upside. But just all these backs in this range have so many question marks. Gibson doesn't have as many uh, for me right now. So that's why he's, he's more of a low-end uh, RB2 right now for me.
2: Yeah, I I have him at RB twenty as well. Um, I, wow! I, yeah, feels, I do That feels aggressive. Like like it is aggressive, but yeah, yeah. oh, my, so here's my thing. I kind of treat it the same way I treat Alvin Kamara, where I just try to, like you said, Freeman. We don't know what's going to happen with Robinson, so I just try to estimate like what, what what are the odds of him missing how many games, and I think there's a decent chance he misses more like more than half the season because mm-hmm. from what I hear or what I read, it's gunshot wounds uh, and to the lower body. Um, you know, that just doesn't sound like, you know, first of all, you know, just making a recovery as a normal human being, but like, you know, when you're talking about to the lower body and your, your job is to run, it just doesn't seem like, Mm -hmm. I just don't think there's a good chance. Like, I think even like projecting him to come back, like at half the season is, is, was kind of aggressive. So yeah, that's kind of why I have Gibson that high. And like, we've seen Gibson do it. It's not like, it's not like Gibson hasn't done. I do. I still have them knocking down his workload a little bit. Obviously, because i think they want to do that but and i think robinson will probably hopefully be back at some point but um yeah i, I kind of bumped him up to a mixture of you know his usage last year and his rookie year when they used him less and you know that's where he came out rb 20 all right i'm glad i had this conversation with you guys i have moved gibson up in my rankings <laughs> I like, and see, so you don't even have to do any projections how, how good does it feel <laughs>
0: that, was, that was great
2: <laughs> all right um uh, now we can just kind of get into your guys, guys you like or don't like, just compared to the uh, fantasy pros consensus. Who are you higher or lower on in, in in the first eight or ten rounds? You know, no, no like yeah. crazy sleepers or anything like just, but just <laughs> the guys your your guys. Who do you yeah, like? Yeah, a, a
0: couple guys I'm high on. Uh, Aaron Jones, I have him at RB seven in the uh, expert consensus. He's RB eleven uh, in ADP, RB ten, and then I'm also higher on L Patterson. I have him at RB twenty five. Consensus is RB thirty uh, six. ADP is RB thirty. So you know, with Aaron Jones, it's it's a pretty straightforward thing. Uh, Devontae Adams is gone. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is gone. 224 targets uh, have been vacated in their absence. And with those guys gone, I think the Packers lean more on the running game, which helps Aaron Jones. And then I also think that they take some of the targets that had previously gone to wide receivers and they give that to Aaron Jones, who, you know, as we've seen since 2018, has had a pretty big boost in his target share whenever Devontae Adams has been out. And then also whenever uh, MVS has been out. So uh, I think there's room for both Aaron Jones uh, and AJ Dillon to produce so uh, I think he has a pretty high floor especially with uh, the scoring prowess that we've seen previously and then Patterson you know I know that he's an older guy but we saw the the production that he had last year and I think he just has a pretty high chance of replicating the usage he had from last year 153 carries 69 targets Really no one else on that team, like Damian Williams, like he'll get some run. Tyler Algier looks like he's the number three, number four running back. The way they used Patterson in the preseason, you know, like – one snap like the first snap of week 1 and then in bubble wrap you know like week 2 uh one snap and then like in bubble wrap you know so like he he is locked in in my opinion as the starter just based on uh the like veteran deference that they gave him in the preseason so with the total lack of talent around him i think he's going to have a pretty similar workload again and last year he had you know 1166 yards 11 touchdowns from scrimmage
2: Yeah, I like Aaron Jones as well. I think he's going to have a big year. Anyone you don't like or you're lower on the consensus that run about? Yeah, uh,
0: a couple guys that I am lower on. uh, Elijah Mitchell. This is just like, I'm not going to take the top back in a Shanahan offense. Like, uh, you know, fool fool me five times in a row and I'm just going to like pivot to something else. Uh, And then the other one is uh, Ken Walker, who has, I think, like a lot of top end talent and like long-term, I'm interested in him, but a bad offense this year, uh, specifically, I think a subpar offensive line uh, playing behind Rashad Penny, Walker is already injured entering the season, dealing with a hernia, and he didn't he didn't prove in college that he has a three down skill set. So I'm not going to say that he definitely has a limited skill set, but we don't have evidence of him having the three down skill set, which means that he might have a limited role in the NFL. So you put all that together, and I'm just I'm I'm happy to fade him at ADP.
2: There was a point where it looked like Walker could kind of have a Similar role to Rashad Penny, and they can split work, and now it's it's just all gone downhill. Uh Kerner, what about you? Who do you like and dislike at the running back position?
1: So, for running backs, you know, I love projecting all the guys at, you know, their value when everybody in the backfield is healthy, and then their value when their key teammate is out of commission. So, I think Javante Williams in the RB1 tier is appealing because he's the only guy in this range who – has legit top five upside if his backup, Melvin Gordon, misses time. We got to see a glimpse of that last season when he finished his RB1 the week that Melvin Gordon was out. So I do think he's sneaky still at RB11. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, I think those guys are way too low. Both of them offer top five upside um, if they're both healthy. Uh, in the 20 to 35 range, the the four guys I just love targeting because I think they just have so much upside and they have a pretty high floor A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, Cream Hunt, Ramondre Stevenson—they're um, technically the backups to begin the season, but they're going to be able to put up RB two or flex value even when the starter's healthy. And then they all, maybe excluding Ramondre Stevenson, offer you know RB one value if the starter were to miss time. Um, so I love you know targeting those guys. Uh, and then Melvin Gordon is kind of part of that group uh, I mentioned earlier. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon should see a big enough role I think to produce RB three flex value. Uh most weeks. And then I, I think he could still be like a high end RB2 if Javante were to miss time. And then later on, Damian Pierce, his ADP is not 43 anymore. It's more like 28. Um, and I do like taking him there. I think he's clearly the, gonna be the workhorse back on the Texans. And Isaiah Pacheco, I still like him later on. He's one of those backs, he doesn't really need an injury to to be in the RB2 flex discussion. He could just simply outplay Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and you don't need that many touches in this offense to produce value. So I think. Pacheco is still uh, too, you know, too far down the board.
2: Uh, and anybody you don't like? Uh, well, I mean,
1: <laughs> I don't really fade guys, but I would say that the frozen pond here right now would be guys we talked about, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, where they're probably beginning the season less than, you know, 100%. Plus they don't have much, you know, receiving usage, which limits their, you know, weekly uh, four. Uh, and then Elijah Mitchell, just it's standard to fade the top 49ers running back going into the season like Freeman said, we have been burned every season the past four seasons with that. Um, so I think just Elijah Mitchell, I love him as a talent, but just right now at his ADP. I think it's a bit high.
2: Yeah. Just like, who knows what's going to happen with that backfield. <laughs> I mean, it, last year, I think it was week one where they all got hurt. It, it's like in week one, like yeah. everyone just went down. So um, yeah, I, for me it's James Connor is a guy I'm in that uh, early kind of running back tier that I'm, I'm higher on than consensus on. I think, uh, he's going to get the ball a lot as for as long as he can take it, and uh, he went great last year. So uh, I I really like him. I think he's going a little bit too low. I'm like RB thirteen with him. And uh, as far as guys, I'm low on. You know, it's it's really the guys we talked about. You know, uh, JK Dobbins especially. But uh, Acres, I'm a little bit lower than consensus on as well. You know, just guys where you have those question marks. But I think you want to kind of mitigate your risk in the, at this point in the draft. And um, you could you could still take wide receivers that have a lot higher floors. Uh, In the spots that you have to draft acres and, uh, and Dobbins. Uh, All right, let's go to wide receiver. And I want to start with a guy that's been really tough to kind of get a read on for me. And that's Chris Godwin Friedman. He's the wide receiver 28 at fantasy pros consensus. uh, But we still kind of don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Will he be back in week one? We don't have a concrete answer yet. Uh, Where do you rank him entering the year?
0: Yeah, I'm at wide receiver 39. And uh, I'm, I'm probably too low on him. And like every week I just like bump him up one or two spots, but uh, I'm I'm pretty skeptical on a few things. So let's assume that he plays week one, although like we can't take that for granted, but you know, let's assume that happens. Even if that happens based on when he suffered the injury near the end of the season, like I don't think he's going to have had like the full time to have a proper rehab on the ACL. So he could still be uh, far less efficient than the the Chris Godwin that we saw in previous years with Tom Brady, so that's like the first thing. And then the second thing is that you've had Julio Jones and Russell Gage join that offense. So Gage as more of a slot receiver. We've seen Godwin do his best work in the slot, but now he might have to play a little more outside to accommodate Gage in the slot. So you put that together with Julio Jones there, potentially like rotating in and instilling uh, snaps from him. And I'm just kind of skeptical about
2: the entire situation for him. Yeah, some those are actually some really good points uh, on that, Kurtner. What do you think?
1: Yeah, he's he's tricky because that um, you know wide receiver 28. Uh, he's probably going to take a few weeks before you can actually play him. Um, so he's a guy where it depends on your league type. If you're in a home league where you, you draft in person and somebody in your league is an Eagles fan, they draft AJ Brown, you know, seventh pick overall. One of those leagues where you know you're going to make the playoffs. Then you can target Chris Godwin because ultimately you're going to make the playoffs and then you have potential mid-range wide receiver two for cheap. So in those types of formats, I think it's okay.
2: But in general, uh, I, I just think the risk outweighs the reward right now at wide receiver 28. Is it bad that I think the guy who drafted AJ Brown seventh overall might have a better shot <laughs> than, than the guy who drafts Chris Godwin at Exactly. Here?
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't say Devonta Smith or something. Like, we have to be reasonable here. But...
2: Yeah, it's uh, so I have Godwin at 36. I I thought I was wow. going to end up being the lowest. How many games
1: do you have missed
2: or, like, uh, or getting him that low? I'm, I'm getting him – I'm putting him at, like, uh, four games missed. But it's just kind wow. of a way to kind of get his catches where I want him, you know, and they're in the mid-60s. So I, I still – you know – I think there's a, like, we don't want to draft these guys who are hurt coming into the year. Like we say this every year, every year, it's easy to get tempted. And like once, you know, every once in a while, one of those guys will hit, but I mean, more often than not, they don't for either either because, you know, they, they don't play when we think they're going to play or they come back too soon and just get hurt again. Or like Freeman said, now the bucks have more options at wide receiver. So you don't have to play Chris Godwin, you know, like 90% of the time and He's coming back from an ACL like you did, you know, last year when you you had that top three and it, uh, Brown was always missing games, so you had to play Godwin a, a ton of snaps. But now you have other options, so uh, I just think there's still there's not as much risk at wide receiver twenty eight, but there's still a lot of uh, wide receivers who have the upside to play all seventeen games and and uh, kind of give you that production. So uh, I'm I'm laying off Godwin there. Um, let's talk about a, a kind of similar situation in the sense that a very talented wide receiver who can play inside outside, but uh, coming back from an injury and that's Michael Thomas, he's at wide receiver 31. Uh, Friedman, where do you have him?
0: Yeah, I'm super bullish on him. Uh, Probably like to the point of uh, overexposure, but I have him at wide receiver 23 Uh Nick Underhill. Who's, you know, like a, an ACE beat reporter for the saints has, uh you know, said that he thinks Michael Thomas is uh, going to be healthy entering the season. And, you know, if that's the case, then I think he is uh, severely undervalued right now. He's like, no question. I think he's a risk seeking selection, but, you know, 9.1 yards per target for his career. The last time he played, like we saw how dominant he was. Jameis Winston, you know, I think is, uh, I, I think he's going to be more Jameis than the version of him that we saw last year, who was like very restrained for the first part of the season. And even within that, he was still like a pretty efficient player. So uh, with the weapons he has around him, maybe he cuts it loose a little bit more, but you know, like Michael Thomas doesn't need to be like the Michael Thomas to return a lot of value at wide receiver 31. He just needs to be like healthy and within a functional
2: offense. Where do you have Thomas?
1: Yeah, so I have him wide receiver 27. So I, I do like getting him at 31 if he falls that far. And it, it sounds like he was 100% ready to return to form heading into the season. But it sounds like, you know, he has a minor hamstring injury with him. We don't know. So yeah. we just This is something we have to monitor. Hopefully it was just being precautionary. Uh, but it, it, it's definitely something we have to monitor. Um, I think he should be okay for week one or if not, then week two. So I think right now wide receiver 31, he's still offering value.
2: Yeah, I have him right at 31. Um, I you know I do worry a little bit just because he really hasn't practiced much. I know he, there were some good reports the few times he did, but uh, I do worry about kind of a guy who's missed this much time and now he's got the hamstring. Like, is it like a compensation issue? Mm-hmm. And they do have options. Like, when he was putting up his crazy numbers, you know, for a while there, they really had nobody else. Um, you know, now they have Landry, they have Olave. So they have some and, – and if Kamara doesn't miss time, that they also have him. So, like, there, there's a little bit more competition uh, I, I do think that like, if you're fine with the risk, I I do think it's a high upside pick, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in line with consensus here just because we haven't seen this guy play in a couple of years. Really feels like.
0: I, I love how Raymond's like, they had no one. That is some serious Ted Ginn slander. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I, I couldn't even
2: think of who they had. I was like, who? who oh, Ted Ginn, man. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Traylon Burks. <laughs> He's, Floating around there at wide receiver 49. He, he caught a touchdown, but he wasn't even the best highlight of his own touchdown. That was Malik Willis with the sidearm throw. Where do you have Traylon uh, Freeman?
0: Uh, Traylon Burks, I loved him entering the draft. Uh, I loved him after the draft because I thought, like, not that he would be AJ Brown, but he would be in that AJ Brown role. But what I've seen in the preseason, and, and we'll just say everything before that, too. Like, like puff mm-hmm. season, like everyone gets <laughs> talked about and they're playing yeah. the best they've ever played. Like unanimous negative reports about <laughs> him. Like th- like that is highly concerning. And then in the preseason, like he's running the same number of first team routes and playing the same number of first team snaps with guys who aren't going to make the team. And like, <laughs> he's playing like into the second half of games. Like this is a tragedy for Traylon Burks investors. So, like, wide receiver 49, uh, that is probably fair. I have him at wide receiver 45, but, like, I I just keep on bumping him down. Like, every week (laughs) I bump him down, and, like, I I want none of him at this point. Like, Robert Woods definitely feels like the number one receiver Mm -hmm. in that offense, and Traylon Burks, like, he can't find the field. And, like, he scored a touchdown in week three of the preseason. Great. It was on horrible coverage. And I don't care, like, what your production looks like in the preseason. I just care how many snaps you're playing with the first team. And, like, he's not separating.
2: Here. Where do you have Wan.
1: Oh, I I moved him way down. Um, He's around wide receiver 63 for me right now. Yeah. And he's the guy – I still think he has a ton of long-term upside. Um, and he still has a wide range of outcomes this season. But it does look like it's going to be closer to the floor than his ceiling this isn't exactly the jamar chase situation last year with the you know the white paint on the football thing jamar chase was a generational talent uh burks is still a raw prospect go either way um and the fact that he's on such a run heavy team uh he there's not as many targets to go around so like aj brown was able to thrive because he's so good and he had to maintain insane levels of efficiency so you know i don't even think burks is going to get that playing time early on you know he's not able to beat out guys like Kyle Phillips, Nick Westbrook-Akina, I think they're going to be playing more than him early in the season. So he's going to have to fight his way up the depth chart. That's just not a good situation. Like I said, he still does have a high ceiling in this range, but wide receiver 49 is way too high for me.
2: Yeah, I, have, I actually have him at 71. So I'm even <laughs> lower than you. But I mean, there's, I, you know, I, I, I kind of bumped his, you know, I still have him like eventually, like I still have him running the second most routes on the team. So it's, but I am kind of factoring in that, it's going to take some time for him to get there because he is yeah. going to be behind, or at least in a four way, potentially five way rotation at, at, on a run heavy team. So there's upside, but there's not as much upside because, you know, it's not like he's not just going to like t- hit the ground running in week one. It's, he's going to have to work to there. Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah.
0: I'll say, I like my wide receiver 45 ranking is 100% upside <laughs> based. You know, like it, it's yeah. not looking at like the median outcomes because the median outcome for him is just like, like total like he's on the bench
2: <laughs> yeah yeah no I, right. I, that's, like i I mean you still have to balance like they're they're just other guys i think have much higher up like a lot of other guys that at this point just based on what we've seen but yeah like freeman uh, you, you're on his under his
1: receiving yards right like I,
2: yes. your median for him is pretty low yeah, yes that's yeah. fair yeah yeah he's he's just no longer somebody i want any part of um hasn't been for a while uh julio jones julio jones is uh, consensus wide receiver 59. I know you were tweeting about him. And uh, do you, so do you still like him, Friedman? Or uh, where where are you at with him?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously I like Julio Jones. Uh, would it surprise you guys to know that he's like the guy I want the most in, in fantasy this year? This It's like a total Friedman move. This is going to blow <laughs> up in my face. Uh, I have Julio Jones wide receiver 44. And uh, I'm just saying like, I know that is uh, aggressive. But I think he's still a great player. I know he missed significant time the past two years, but he still had 10.4 yards per target over the past two years. Like that is a super elite number. That's like up there with uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Debo Samuel in the 13 games with a 50% snap rate uh, that he's played since 2020 so over the past two years he's had over a thousand yards in those games you know like i think he's basically going to have like an antonio brown type of rotational role within this Mm -hmm. offense not not saying not like running the same routes but the way in which he's used so he won't be on the field for every every play but when he's out there i think he's going to be targeted pretty heavily as a pass catching specialist and as the number three receiver on that team he's going to have the softest coverage of his career with the best quarterback of his career, like only one thing needs to happen for him to crush. And that's just stay healthy. Now, I know that is like a really like uh, a fragile thing, but as long as he is healthy,
2: like he's going to outperform ADP. So essentially what you're saying is, Wide receiver falls off a cliff at after wide receiver 44. Cause like you you said you had Burks 45 and you you just trashed the guy, but Julio's 44 and you just gave him the most glowing review. So like, if you just have to (laughs) draft all all your, it's the the frozen pond of receivers at wide receiver 45. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's all upside. It's all upside. (laughs) Um, Turner, where do you have Julio?
1: Yeah, I have him wide receiver 54 right now. And this is the range where even if you were to get injured or bust, it won't kill you. So Um, I do like taking, you know, flyers on upside and not every flyer on upside has to be some young dude, you know, these 33 year old receivers deserve some (laughs) love too. Uh, But it it sounds like Chris Godwin, you know, he's going to be eased. in. we talked about that. Russell Gage, his leg injury seems to be more severe than we thought. There's really no update. It doesn't look like he's going to play week one. So um, there's a chance Julio could have a pretty big early season role. Um, And one of the most baffling things projecting Julio Jones, his entire career is lack of touchdowns. That could change this year. You know, he has Tom Brady throwing balls at him. So he could get off to a hot start. I think he'd be a guy that I would draft to potentially trade away um you know by like week four. I think he is gonna have a hot start. Uh but then that's when you know old you know father time might kick in. But yeah, I, I do think it's it's wise to kind of invest in Julio at this range so I, I you know I like Friedman's uh, you know bullish rank of 44 in this range because th- this is kind of where you want to take shots
2: yeah I got him 45 so I'm right with wow. Friedman I, yes. okay. I I just think this is one this is one of those like obvious situations that like in hindsight is just going to be so clear but it's like what did the Bucks do they got Antonio Brown and no one had any idea and they played him about two-thirds of the snaps and he kills. And now, like, I feel like they're going to try to do the same thing with Julio. They also, you know, Brock comes back, he balls out. Like they just do this. Like, this is what the Bucks do. They find guys who are legends and, and squeeze like another few years out of them. And uh, you know, like, like you said, Gage hurt. Um, Godwin is not a hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> like there's not, there's a non-zero chance that Julio Jones could actually end up like being the number two wide receiver on this team, in terms of the usage when you add it all up just because of the other guys being hurt. So, um, yeah, I like Julio. I think people, like people are just way too low on him. Just like, remember, like the recency bias, like I know he's older, but like everything's in place for him to, uh, to have a good season. Friedman, of course, some other guys you're higher or lower on than consensus.
0: Yeah, some guys I'm high on. Uh, DJ Moore, I have met wide receiver 10 ADP at Fantasy Pros is wide receiver 15. Gabriel Davis, wide receiver 21. His ADP oh. is wide receiver 26. And then Drake London, I have met wide receiver 26. Uh, that's aggressive, but I don't care. Uh, his ADP is wide receiver 40. Uh, with DJ Moore, I I actually have him 35-1 to 1, uh, to lead the league in receiving yardage. Yeah, he's the only wide receiver in the league with 1,200 yards from scrimmage in each of the past three years. He doesn't have much in the way of target competition in Carolina. He's still just 25, so he's ascending. And as sad as this is to say, he actually does now have the best quarterback of his career in Baker Mayfield. Gabriel Davis, man, I just I I want I want pieces of that Buffalo offense. And I think people are underappreciating the breakout that is going to happen with Gabriel Davis. Like he, in in terms of how he's been used in the preseason, he has been treated like the clear number two wide receiver in that offense. Uh, 9.9 yards per target, including the playoffs for his career a legitimate end zone weapon with a 12.1% touchdown rate. He's like now a beefed up 227 pounds. He's just 23 years old. So he is still ascending. And then Drake London, you know, I like targeting rookies in general when I'm looking for upside, like with veterans, we have a good sense of who they are and like the range of outcomes with uh, rookies. I think there's more upside with the unknown and he's precisely the kind of rookie receiver I want. You know, he's big, mm-hmm. he's young, turned 21 years old in July. He's entering the NFL early was, you know, just a junior in his final college season, elite draft capital picks number eight overall strong college production, uh, over a thousand yards receiving in eight games in his final season. Like you put all that together and it's like, he's probably not Larry Fitzgerald. He's probably not Mike Evans, but he checks a lot of the same boxes that those guys checked when they were entering the league. So if I'm going to be aggressive on a rookie, like be a year early, this is the kind of rookie that I'm going to do that with.
2: Yeah, we we like us in Drake London as well. Anyone to down on? Yeah, uh, Alan Robinson.
0: Uh, people know, like I I've <laughs> I've like said, no, the world doesn't want to hear me talk about Alan Robinson anymore. Uh, I'm not, I'm still not as low on him as I used to be, but I'm still low on him. I'm just gonna say, like I'm a little bit skeptical that a guy who sucked as badly as he sucked last year, like no one can deny that he was bad last year. Uh, he's not like old old, but a guy who sucked like that given the age that he is like could be right on the cusp of when you start attributing that suckage to age and not to other things that people want to attribute it to you know like it could be that he had a des bryant like decline because he's just a physical type of wide receiver who has lost his juice instead of like oh his quarterback sucked or his coach sucked or he just wasn't motivated because he hated the team or like whatever, whatever the the reason is that you come up with. It might be those, but given the age and given like just how horrible he was last year, it might just be that he's no longer good at football. So like, <laughs> I, I'm, and, and I'm just going to say like, I know that I am probably wrong, but if he outperforms ADP, I don't think he does it by all that much. And if he underperforms ADP, it could be like him falling through the floor. So I'm just trying to like to focus on that range on so many other wide receivers that I like and I think have higher floors than Allen Robinson. So he's one guy I'm low on, and then like Adam Thielen for I feel like fairly obvious reasons. Uh he's old, he's touchdown dependent. His offense, which will probably be better. But like, we don't know if it will be better. Like that has a new head coach coming into it. So we don't know if he's going to be used in the same way. He could lose touchdowns to Justin Jefferson. And because they will have more three wide receiver sets, he could actually lose targets to number three wide receiver KJ Osborne. So I think there are just a number of reasons to be skeptical about Adam Thielen. Turner. What about your
1: receivers? You're high and low on. Um, so I'm high on Allen Robinson. I have him at <laughs> wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, in mid-season form.
2: Mid season form.
1: A, wide receiver 19. Um <laughs> a lot a lot of it has to do with like last season, I was pretty high on uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Unfortunately, I had more shares of Robert Woods in that range. Um, but I was just saying how big of a leap they were gonna take um having Matt Stafford under center in this offense than Jared Goff. Um, and look what happened there and I think the same remains true for Allen Robinson and you know this is by far the best quarterback he's ever had the best system he's ever been in Um, so I I just think getting him at the wide receiver 24 range is too good to pass up and you know earlier in the offseason he was like wide receiver 28 wide receiver 30 so his ADP has come down a bit but I still like him inside the top 20 obviously I agree with Freeman on Gabe Davis Um, you know he's wide receiver 20 but Really, I would not be surprised if we're ranking him inside the top 10 at some point this season. Josh Allen just recently said he doesn't even view Gabe Davis as his number two target. He's more of a complimentary piece with Stephon Diggs. So that goes to show like how big of a role he's going to have in this offense. And he's produced anytime he's had to step up with more playing time, he's always come through. So this season, just I can't have too many shares of Gabe Davis. I'm all in. And then also in this range, Brandon Cooks at wide mm-hmm. receiver 22. Yeah. Love getting him there. Um, I have him wide receiver 17. I mean, he's just the, the ideal combo of like a high floor, high ceiling guy. Guaranteed to be the number one target on this offense. You know, they're going to have to throw a lot this year again. So just love Brandon Cooks in this range. And then later on, uh, I love Elijah Moore. I have him wide receiver 31. Um, he is clearly a bet on talent. It doesn't matter who's under center. Um, he's going to produce last season, weeks eight through 13. He was the wide receiver two overall with four different quarterbacks. Just goes to show how talented he is. Uh, and then I agree with Freeman again on Drake London. He is by far my favorite rookie wide receiver. I have him wide receiver 38. You know, unfortunately, I think, you know, Marcus Marietta, Desmond Ritter might cap his touchdown upside a bit, but he's still going to be the number one wide receiver in this offense. So I love his uh, ceiling in this range. And then I still like El Uh I have him wide receiver 36. You know, he he really could be Aaron Rodgers' number one target this season, especially in the red zone. So he's less of a bet on talent, more of a bet on just his opportunity this season. Yeah, so those are the three guys sort of in that wide receiver three, wide receiver four range that I love getting either either as my third wide receiver or start filling up my bench.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess you don't fade people, so should I even ask if you're Oh, want yeah, other? no, of course. Okay, so. Well, okay. by,
1: by proxy, Marquise <laughs> Brown in the wide receiver 23 range just because I'm, you know, targeting guys like Allen Robinson, Gabe Davis, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'm just not getting much Marquise Brown. Um, now he could provide wide receiver, you know, 20 or better value the first six games of the season when D hop is out serving his suspension. But unfortunately, you know, his, his production is going to drop off towards the end of the season. So he's another guy where I I, I like guys where the value is going to peak in the fancy playoffs. I'm playing to win championships. So he's a guy where you know, come the fancy, you know, championship, he could be like wide receiver twenty-eight, wide receiver thirty. So he's just a guy in this range that I'm not getting much of.
2: Yeah, for me, it's uh it starts with Keenan Allen. I feel like he's dropping like 12, 13. Like I still have him inside the top ten. I mean, this guy's with a quarterback that could lead the league in passing yardage and touchdowns, and he he's one of the best route runners, if not the best in the game. So uh, really high floor with him. One day he's going to bust out for like 10 touchdowns. One day. Uh, Would,
0: wouldn't you rather have A.J. Green, though? Yeah, can you guys... Oh.
1: Can, you, can you make the case for A.J. Green over <laughs>
2: Keenan Allen? I Man. could,
1: but I won't.
2: <laughs> uh, Gabe Davis, you know, like like Kerner, like you said, he, and both of you guys, I think, said he's going to be a monster. Um, on Again, one of the best offenses in the league. Brandon Cooks, I totally agree. Uh, he's consistently higher than ADP in my... Uh, model and uh, I got Tyler Lockett a little higher as well. I know, I know he's a guy that people are just writing off, but um, I, I think he's still gonna be his ADP at wide receiver 38 or whatever it is. So, um, those are the guys. Uh, let's close it up with just anyone else you'd like to mention. Uh, Freeman, you could just got deep sweepers. Uh, just anything, you know, that's kind of you're your different on with your rankings than the, than a the consensus.
0: Yeah, two guys who catch my eye who are deeper down the board. David Njoku, I have him at tight end 10. Uh, ADP is tight end 15. And then Jahan Dotson, wide receiver 51. ADP is wide receiver 63. Uh, Njoku averaged 9.0 yards per target last year. In week one of the preseason, he played on 100% of the first team snaps. He rested in week two with a lot of the starters. And then he played on 22 of 23 first team snaps in week three. So he's likely to get the playing time necessary to be the number two receiver overall for the Browns. And then Jahan Dotson, he's been the locked in number two receiver in the preseason for the commanders right there with uh, Terry McLaurin. And he's got the draft capital. He he was you know, pick number 16 overall. He's got the college production to be a fantasy-relevant player as early as his rookie season. So both of those guys I'm pretty high on.
1: Uh, so I'm going to go off the board with different positions, if that's okay. Yeah, so yeah. for tight ends, read my tight end tiers and strategy pieces. It's very convoluted. I don't have time to talk about it right now, but quarterback is very simple. I am targeting Jalen Hurts. If I don't get him, I'm getting Trey Lance. If yes. I don't get him, I'm just streaming. So that's that's my quarterback strategy. I just want to make that very clear.
0: I second what Corner said, especially on Trey Lance. Remember when
1: we all had um, Jalen Hurts ranked in the top three that one week? Though? Yeah, yes. like it was like
2: oh, us and only us. Um, so I'm, I'm going a step further. It's like, it's Hurts. Lance. And then the flow chart takes me directly to Justin Fields. Then I'm yes, streaming. I, yes. So, like that. And, and if I'm streaming, I'm streaming Marcus Mariota. Mario. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing at quarterback. Uh, I'm not taking like any, any of those other guys pretty much. I just want a guy who runs Uh, love Romeo Dobbs at wide receiver. I think he could be the number one receiver on the Packers by the year and uh, love George Pickens. I, I think the talent is real and, and Alberto. I, I, I like him on Denver, you know, just he's attached to a quarterback that is going to throw a lot of touchdowns and then, Tyler Higby, he re- led the league in routes for drop back uh, four tight ends last year. And now we just completely forgot about it. I think he had some bad luck for him to like score so low in fantasy last year. So I think he'll rebound uh, as well. Uh, Freeman, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Let the people know uh, where you're at and what you're up to
0: yeah always a good time to uh get back on the show to put the power trio back together you know like like Nirvana obviously I was the, the Kurt Cobain function uh, of the group but uh no great great to be on the show um love you guys and uh you, you two continue to crush it on the podcast so uh happy to be here uh you can find all of my work uh on Twitter at Matt F the Oracle fantasy pros, betting pros uh, during the season. I'm going to have a, a piece that just highlights the the favorite plays that I have that week. Uh, like no more like uh, talking about players that I hate, just focusing on players that I like. Like stay positive, you know, like give the people what they want. Uh, and then I'm also going to have a piece on betting pros each week that looks at the uh, the bets I'm making and has my projections for, uh, for spreads and totals. So get Ooh. all that at fantasy pros and
2: betting pros. Love it. Uh, you can find Sean Kerner on Twitter at the underscore Ozmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Uh, be sure to stay tuned to the channel. We'll have another episode up on Fantasy bust that you should avoid uh, coming up in a couple of days. Of course, be sure to check out ActionNetwork.com for all of our fantasy football projections, ranking, and content. Until next time, let's get this money.